You are listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 604 for October 19th, 2022. This episode is sponsored by the TD James Moody Jazz Festival at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. The festival runs from November 8th through 20th and features a who's who of talent from the jazz world and beyond. Performers include Fantasia with Jasmia Horn, Dee Dee Bridgewater singing with tap dancer Savion Glover, the John Faddis Quartet, Yellow Jackets, Terrence Blanchard with E Collective and the Turtle Island Quartet, a recreation by Trouble No More and Dumpsta Funk of the Allman Brothers classic live album Eat a Peach, the Maria Schneider Orchestra, the Vanessa Rubin Trio, the Sarah Vaughan International Vocal Competition, and much more. Tickets and a full schedule of performances are available at njpac.org. On this episode, you'll hear interviews with four performers from the James Moody Jazz Fest, Bob Mincer of Yellow Jackets, Dee Dee Bridgewater, Lamar Williams Jr. of Trouble No More, and Terrence Blanchard. Let's kick things off with some music from Yellow Jackets' new album, Parallel Motion. Jackets are at the James Moody Jazz Festival on Sunday, November 13th at 7 p.m. And I am joined now to talk about the band by Bob Mincer. Bob, it's so great to have you here. Thank you. Very nice to be here. So just to put things in perspective uh, for the audience, I was eight years old when the first Yellow Jackets album came out. And this weekend I turned 49. And I was in... Okay. 
I was uh, either a junior or a senior in high school when you joined the band, and now I have a junior in high school <laughs> and a junior in college. And usually when you mm-hmm. talk about a band with that kind of longevity, I mean, it, you're talking about like the Rolling Stones and maybe two or three others. Is there what To what do you ascribe the incredible longevity of Yellow Jackets? Well, I suppose it's just the fact that we all like being in the band and there's no reason to not keep it going. Um, and I, I accredit most of that to the fact that it's a very democratic situation where there's no band leader and everyone participates equally. So you wind up having a you know substantial investment in this thing and it reflects in the music as well as just the general climate and, uh, you know, uh, philosophy of the band where everyone is included and participates and, you know, feels uh, very much a part of the whole. And that's a great thing. And it's unusual. It's the first uh, situation of this kind I've actually been in, especially for 32 years. Um, Mostly, you wind up, uh, uh, you know, working for band leaders. I mean, I did a lot of that prior to joining the Yellow Jackets. Um, Or you have your own band. And, you know, yes, there are some collaborative efforts, but they typically don't last this long. Yellow Jackets' new album, which, uh, as we're recording, came out just a couple weeks ago, uh, is called Parallel Motion. You mentioned the the democratic and collaborative aspect. How does that work when it comes to uh, crafting the pieces, the compositions? Are you, I know you obviously you are each bringing in compositions, but are you bringing in sketches? Are you bringing in fully realized ideas? What happens once you bring something to the band? There's there are a variety of ways we approach this. Uh, typically, I say for the most part, everybody writes on their own and demos their tunes and brings them to the table and we review everything uh, and and you know select perhaps 12 to 13 tunes for a 9 to 10 tune CD project. Uh, occasionally, somebody will bring in a you know half-completed piece and hand it off to one of the other band members who then we'll complete it. Uh, so, so those are the two current scenarios that we generally entertain. Um, the, 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 the noteworthy aspect of all this is once the tunes have been handed over to band proper, they're no longer your property, <laughs> uh, which, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon. It's something that was new to me. Um, and what happens is, uh, being that it's band property, everybody has input. And then we set out to, you know, play this music and kind of jacketize it, if you will. And, you know, everybody makes suggestions, uh, changes, and and the tunes inevitably uh, turn into something else uh, uh, than what you had initially intended. And it's actually kind of fascinating to me to watch this process happen because I found that, you know, four heads are generally better than one. And, you know, to give, you know, when we do a demo, say you, you sort of, you construct a drum part, a bass part, a piano part, but to, uh, to shackle a drummer, bass player, or piano player to your part is not necessarily the best way to go, uh, particularly with Will Kennedy and Russ Ferrante and now Dane Alderson. 
these guys are sort of genius creators of uh, of parts, you know, for for music. And uh, so I guess the challenge then is to present, the, the you know, a, a, in some ways that you said the word sketch, and I think that's significant. You know, it's it's finished in one way, but it's also it's a suggestion rather than a you know a definite. This is the way it goes. I feel like there'd have to be a, a real willingness to surrender some of your ego to that process. Yes. I, I mean, in every way, shape or form with this band, uh, you know, um, it's all about the ensemble. It's all about the four of us. It's not about who plays best, who plays most, who gets the most applause, any of that, you know, it's just, it's about creating the band sound and, you know, being, being a team player, being on the team, being a part of the whole. You're in what really is the very rare position of having been in a band. Uh, you know, of course, there have been some some personnel changes over the years. But for example, you and Russ have been sharing the stage in this band for three, over three decades now. What is what is that like? It just it sounds magical to me. Uh, I mean, it's like the circumstance sounds magical and the result sounds magical. But I'm curious from your point of view, um, when you step on that stage with someone you've been there with for so long, what is that like as a as a performer and a collaborator? It's incredible. It's like, uh, you know, it's a marriage. It's a musical marriage that, you know, you've you've worked on over time and, you know, worked out the kinks and had arguments and fell on your face and got up again. And, you know, after all this time, it really, it, you know, it, it, it works and it's a safe, uh, environment for trying new things. And, and, uh, I mean, the, 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 the main thing is we, we live and breathe together. We know one another, you know, very intimately. So musically we're able to, communicate on, on this very deep level where there's there's a lot of interplay there's a lot of conversation in the music which take you know takes time to develop uh i mean i think of not to compare what we do to anybody else but i think about the john coltrane quartet i mean they there was this intimacy there this sound that they were able to create uh that that was so potent and powerful and you know uh, that was that was in a short period. Of time, I was going to say you've you know. been in this band only three years less than John Coltrane lived. <laughs> I mean that's a right, it's a, right. a very different time True. comparison, but which makes his accomplishments Indeed. reasonably impressive. I, I think yeah yeah yeah. I, there's a there's a unique thing that happens in the Yellow Jackets um, that's not always perceived as such, but the, you know there's a good deal of written material of composition. Um, while at the same time, given this long-term relationship is very fluid and we, we wind up improvising quite a lot with the written material because we know it so well and have played together for so long. And it's, you know, some, some jazz groups, you play a melody and then you solo and then there's another short melody and then you solo and then you play the melody and you end, you know, but when Yellow Jackets music, it's far more compositional. And it's a real joy to to navigate the compositions as an improviser. I love that. In about, uh, as a, drawing this to a close, uh, just a, a quick personal anecdote, in about 91 or 92, uh, PBS used to sometimes air jazz festivals from various places in the country. And there was one in Florida. I, in, in my mind, it was in Jacksonville, but it's now been so long, I don't yeah. remember. And, and you guys were on it. 
And um, I knew who you were because I had played some of your arrangements in a high school band. And mm-hmm. so I thought, oh, I, I know who that guy is. I'll check out this band. And I taped it onto a VHS tape and just absolutely wore that tape out in the in the classic style and i have been on board uh, ever since so it's it's such a, a thrill that that you guys are still doing what you're doing now and uh, and a real joy to talk to you about it so bob mincer i thank you very much uh, for your time and uh, i encourage everyone to go check this show out at the james moody jazz festival thanks so much bob thank you jason a pleasure to talk to you Dee Bridgewater and dancer, tap dancer in particular, in this case, Savion Glover will be performing together at the James Moody Jazz Festival on Saturday, November 12th at both 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And it is my honor and delight to welcome Dee Bridgewater to the show. Dee thanks so much for being here. Well, I am very happy to be on your show with you, Jason, and thank you for the invitation. Although I'm going to say to your listeners and to you, if the question is, what are we doing for the show? My answer is, I have no idea yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> I thought I would get that one out of the way. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, maybe let, before we talk about uh, the upcoming show, maybe we could talk about a little uh, backstory and just talk about how you and Savion first came together, first decided to start performing together. Um, well, Savion came to me a few years ago. He was uh, working at the Blue Note in New York City, and he asked if I would work with him on that show. And I said, I would love to, because I know... Um, you know, Savion has worked with and recorded with um, Abby Lincoln on one of Abby's albums. And um, I did work on a show with Savion and our recently departed wonderful McCoy Tyner. We did a show together um, with McCoy Tyner and McCoy's big band in Tokyo, Japan. And so I was privileged to see Savion in that setting and how he used his feet as the percussive instrument on uh, a couple of numbers. And it was, it was just fascinating to me. And, and we, we got on wonderfully. And, and uh, so when he was doing this show um, at the Blue Note, I cannot remember, but it's, it's, in, it's maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, and asked me if I would do it. I just jumped at the occasion. So what we did at that time was, um, this was his show. He asked me to do particular numbers, and he tapped. And he was the percussion instrument on those numbers. And I remember that the last two evenings of shows, 
I literally sat on the stairs so that I could lay my head down and watch his feet. I was thinking back when I, many, many years ago, when I uh, was trying to have a career as a musician, I was a salsa musician and we played for dancers and mm. the the mm. energy exchange between the band on the on the stage or more often on the same level as the dancers and a room full of people dancing mm-hmm. was really amazing. I mean, it just uplifted the music mm-hmm. so much. And I, I'm mm-hmm. just curious in your own, uh, in your collaboration with Savion, which you've just beautifully described, I'm curious about that energy exchange, about the physicality of that performance and how it might, if it does, impact your own performance. Um, I, I would have to answer, Jason, that as, as a performer, I'm very much influenced by the people that I'm having my musical conversation with. So whether it be instrumentalist or in, in this instance, a dancer um, who for me is, is an instrumentalist with his feet, um, the, what is important is to keep my mind open and keep my ears open so that I can hear what the other person is saying so that I can properly answer. And so I don't know if that makes sense for you. But in, in other words, um, Savion, um, when we performed together, um, if he would do a run of percussive movements with his feet that, you know, I, I can hear, you know, the movements and everything with my ear. It's like answering a saxophone or a piano or a bass, you know, when they do do a run. It's just that I'm listening to the tapping of his feet. So um, sometimes I would throw in a little bit of of, uh, a riff off of what his percussive run would be with his feet. So it's it's no different. It's just that. um, And the other thing, though, that is wonderful with Savion is it's also the body. So I'm looking at the body. I'm listening to the feet, you know, and I'm, I'm like absorbing all of that in order to to inform the kind of, of scat response that I'm going to give. And sometimes I have to say when I was on the stage standing next to Savion, I would actually do a, a movement that would kind of resemble a part of the move that he would do. So it's going to be interesting to see what we come up with now, a few years later, now that we both have much more information in our, in our brains and our bodies um, about interaction with other musicians. Um, so it's going to be, I'm excited. It's going to be very exciting, I do believe. And I think for the audience, it'll be, you know, something that they haven't experienced. One final question. You you started this whole interview by saying, if you're going to ask me what we're doing, I don't know, which is great. <laughs> but um, I guess, so I guess my final question will be, uh, how will you get from that answer, which you've given now, and obviously it's not, this show is not till November, but how, what's, what's kind of a sketch of the process of how you'll get from, I'm not sure yet what we're going to do, to now we're performing. How, what's that conversation going to look like ahead of time to whatever degree it, it will happen? Well, you know, um, we're going to try to, to find uh, some point where we can rehearse <laughs> before, you know, we, we, we do the show 
because uh, we have to, you know, do the show. Sure. Um, um, and then um, probably when we are at NJ Pack, um, uh, we will, of course, have a rehearsal and a sound check there. That will, that's when we will kind of put the finishing touches on it. But I, I have to, to say, our have always been based on the beauty of instant improvisation. And uh, I think that that's really what the audience is going to experience. They're going to experience immediate, instant improvisation, something that has not been planned. So I would say that this is, is for me, it is jazz at it in its purest form because jazz for me is based on, on improvisation. So the audience is going to get that instant improv um we will have an outline which will be the the songs that we select to to work together on we will have the outline of the arrangement of that song and where he will come in where i will come in and that's about as much of 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 a form that we are going to be working from when once we get on the stage everything else will be in the moment improvisation and beautiful and stunning because Savion is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I would say you're no slouch either. So uh, <laughs> you, well, you. you, I don't know if you can say that on your own behalf, but I'll happily say it for you. Uh, my guest has been well, Dee Dee Bridgewater. She and Savian Glover will be at the James Moody Jazz Festival on November 12th at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Not to be missed. Uh, Dee Dee, it's been a, such a joy to have you uh, on this jazz <laughs> festival feature episode. Thanks so much for doing it. Of course, I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed speaking with you, Jason. Trouble No More will be performing at the James Moody Jazz Festival on Sunday, November 13th at 7 p.m. They'll be joined by Dumpster Funk. They'll be performing the classic Allman Brothers album, Eat a Peach, in its entirety, which sounds so amazing. And joining me from Trouble No More, I'm really happy to have Lamar Williams Jr. Lamar, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Jason. This is awesome, man. Pleasure. Let me start by asking, can you, can you give us the origin story of Trouble No More? Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, the, the extension of the Allman Brothers Band is, is, is wide and vast. You know, I'll, I'll start there. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have, um, you know, lineage towards, you know, or, or back towards the, the Allman Brothers. So maybe, you know, over a year and a half ago or so, you know, um, we all talked about it, maybe, you know, putting together kind of, you know, some of the guys from the family. And uh, CJ kind of cooked it up for us in the background and, uh uh, it it all came came together and um, voila we got trouble no more you know so yeah now eat a peach is 
I mean, I think it's safe to say one of the most famous albums in the history of rock music and American music. I mean, it's a yes. it's a giant. And I'm one of the things I'm curious about. I, I've been to shows where a band has recreated an album, and I've seen very different approaches to doing that. So I'm curious about your approach in this case. Uh, how can you just talk about how you're approaching playing this record? How how close to the original you're going to get? Obviously, the original had a lot of improv, for example. So I'm I'm just curious about your overall approach to the to the recreation. Well, I, I think the recreation is, um, it's, it's more so like it, uh, the spirit of the Almond Brothers has recycled, if you, if you will. Um, the, the youth have, they have taken over, you know, um, and it encompasses a lot of energy, if you will. So it, it really dates back to how they were, you know, when Either Peach was, was put out there. They had the spirit of youthful people and diversity and faith and integrity. You know, so this band, everyone that's in the band, they 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 encompass that. Um, so the spirit of it is just um, it's a reenactment of of what we feel the world should 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 be feeling all over again. Talk about what it's like singing these songs for you and the the the, the emotions or memories or associations that it brings up. Once again, it's it's a nostalgic moment feeling because like you know. With uh, Ain't Wasting Time, for instance, you know, um, it's so moving of a song and, and the spirit um, of where the world, we, we wish it was right now, you know, once again. And so it it sometimes brings tears throughout the night to us all while we're playing. And, and I mean, it's super emotional in the sense of that we are, we are blessed enough to, to be able to carry this music on. It's, it's, it's such an honor. I feel like songs like uh, Ain't Wasting Time and, and, I mean, we could list dozens of others, like, stay current in a way that uh, maybe we wish they wouldn't sometimes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so uh, have you already been, uh, you mentioned uh, before we started recording um, that it's a travel day. Um, are you guys uh, kind of touring this record uh, all over the place at the moment? So actually, I am in a few different uh, bands, if you will. I'm currently traveling with the North Mississippi All Stars on oh, our, wow. on our uh, fall tour. Yes, right now, and we're um, we're in we're in the up, we're in the northeast of the world of, of, of America, you know, so to speak, right now. And uh, yeah, rocking and rolling, brother. Yeah. So the the North Mississippi All Stars and uh, Trouble No More recreating the almonds. I mean, it's. It's hard to dig your roots too much deeper in than that. <laughs> that uh, you're, you're getting right to the absolute core of what makes American music yeah. American music. Yes, sir, indeed, Jason. That's what it's about, man. That's the spirit of what we need, and we want to honor that and cherish it and make sure that it carries on. And then I mentioned uh, when I brought you on, but uh, Dumpster Funk will be joining you guys as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The good, the good brothers, man. We love playing with those those, those brothers, man. Any anytime we're around them, you know it's a party. It's a good party. A good spirit. I mean, so by my count, th- that's got to put this uh, well into the double digits. The number of people we're going to see on stage <laughs> that night, right? Like this is going to be this is going to be a gang of musicians up there on stage. I think that will be a million percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, I've been talking with Lamar Williams Jr. from Trouble No More, and we've also learned from the North Mississippi All-Stars, and they, uh, Trouble No More and Dumpster Funk, will be at the James Moody Jazz Fest on November 13th, 7 p.m., performing the classic Allman Brothers album, Eat a Peach, in its entirety. Uh, Lamar, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, super excited to see this show, and I thank you for taking the time to tell us about it. Likewise. Thank you so much. Y'all sing along with us, okay? Yeah, we'll see. Last Sunday morning, the sunshine felt like rain. The week before, they all seemed the same. But with the help of God and true friends, I come to realize I still have two strong legs, even wings to fly. So I Terrence Blanchard will be at the James Moody Jazz Festival on November 10th at 7.30 p.m. along with the E-Collective and the Turtle Island Quartet. Terrence has been on the show twice in the past, and you can find those interviews in the archives. Terrence Blanchard, it is a pleasure to have you back on the Jazz Session. Thanks for being here. Hey, man, it's a pleasure being back. Thank you. So let me just start with, I guess, the the two most obvious uh, questions. This uh, project that uh, has, as we're speaking, has just come out called Absence is a tribute to Wayne Shorter. And as I mentioned, in addition to your band, E Collective, it features the Turtle Island Quartet. So can I just ask uh, why a tribute to Wayne and why Turtle Island? And I don't mean why as in why would anyone do that, but why did you particularly do that <laughs> for this project? Get it, I get it. I get it. Uh, well, I mean, listen, you know, Wayne has been like a mainstay in my life. You know, he's been a hero of mine for a number of years. And I wanted to show him how much we appreciate everything he's done in his career, what he's done for the world and music. You know, uh, he's always pushed us to follow our hearts and our minds and to be individuals. So, you know, what we wanted to do was not just to do a collection of his tunes, but to do his tunes and a collection of our own things to uh, show him how he's influenced us, you know, throughout these years. And uh, Fabian Almazan, who's a pianist on the album, uh, brought up the idea of writing for a string quartet. And, um, you know, my my manager, uh, Robin Burgess, said, well, why don't we get Turtle Island to, to be that group? And, uh, man, as soon as we met, you know, it's it's been like a great working relationship, working with those guys. Um, it's just been an incredible experience listening to them every night. They Both groups have been inspiring each other every night. It's just been wonderful to play with them. There's, uh, I, I really, really like this album. And I think one of the things I like about it the most is the kind of fearless breadth of music that is covered on it you know kind of stylistic i mean it's if you wondered i wonder mm-hmm. what terrence blanchard would sound like if he played in a metal band i wonder what he would have sounded like if he'd played with emerson <laughs> lake and palmer in the 70s i wonder you know you can you can answer a lot of those questions yeah. in this record and i uh, there's a a quote from wayne that i'm I'm just paraphrasing, but it's something like jazz means I dare you. And I dare you is one yeah. of the tracks on here. And this album very much feels like it embodies exactly that. Well, of course. I mean, that's a, that's, that was the answer to a question given to him about what does jazz mean to you? 
And, you know, in typical Wayne fashion, I mean, he very he put it very succinctly, jazz means I dare you. And I never forget when I first encountered him, you know, years ago, we had a conversation about something, and he told me about our story, but basically it boiled down to, it, it, it said you needed to have courage to be happy. And that was another phrase that uh, has stuck with me throughout the years. And basically what that means is just follow your heart. Don't follow the winds that, uh, that that everybody else is following. You know, be your own person and really, you know, dig deep to kind of ex- ex- explore what it is you're, you're feeling, what it is you want to express to the public. Will you talk about the process of putting this album together? How did the, the compositional process and arranging process work? Because I know there's a lot of a lot of contributors to the music that we hear on this record. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Wayne's music, man, that could be like a five-album series, you know. (laughs) You could do so many things, but we tried to whittle it down to some of the most um, influential things on the band that we have right now, you know, the E-Collective. So that's how we picked those tunes. And then the guys, you know, myself, you know, uh, um, and myself, you know, just decided to create our own music, you know, the, the... pay tribute to Wayne. I mean, the tune I Dare You was something that was written, written especially for this project. You know, um, I've, I've always admired his compositional skills. I've always admired his daringness to be different. And, you know, I tried to do the same when putting these compositions together. Can you talk about you? And you're no, you're no stranger to this world. But um, the the addition of string quartet is is just such a, a fabulous texture in the music. Can you can you talk about how that feels as a performer, adding that that texture into what you're doing? Well, right now, man, we've been doing it for a year now, well, a little over a year, and it just feels natural now. I I don't I, I can't see myself being without those guys, even though I know that day's gonna come at some point. Uh, we've just integrated both groups to the point where we see both things as being essential. You know, they bring a certain type of color and texture to the group that's beautiful, lush, you know, and very expressive. You know, we bring a certain type of edge to what it is that they're doing. And you can, if if you knew both groups before and you hear both groups now, you can tell that we've both influenced each other. Yeah, that's fabulous. I, I have I've been a Turtle Island fan since they started and a fan of yours for a very long time too and even on this record it was really exciting to hear these two sounds that i'm you know in a way so familiar with and i don't mean to suggest that either ensemble just is sounds like they always sound but i mean you guys sound Mm -hmm. like a like two bands that have played together a lot and have a real identity and that doesn't Mm -hmm. always mesh but in this case man it really does No, it doesn't. That's one of the reasons why we've been having so much fun, because we didn't know what was going to happen, man. And then when we went out on the road, it just started to grow even further from where the record is, you know. And it's just been a great experience. You know, David Balakrishnan, man, has put together a very talented group of young men, and I really feel like they're redefining what a string quartet is. Feel free to take the fifth on this, but um, might and I know this record just came out, but might we see more uh, uh, collaborations between you and Turtle Island going forward? Well, that's a safe bet. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know the, 
<laughs> the odds are in your favor that that's going to happen. Okay, fa- fabulous. I'll, t- I'll take that. That's a very fair answer. Uh, well, I thank you so much for uh, taking some time to talk about this. It's a it's a really fabulous record. The album is called Absence. Uh, Terrence Blanchard with E Collective and Turtle Island Quartet. Uh, th- there's because of the nature of this interview, we are skipping like ninety percent of the other stuff that Terrence is working on. But sure. just Trust me, Google them and you'll find a million, billion things that you can listen to that are all awesome. Thanks so much, Terrence, for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Thanks to my guests, Bob Mincer, Dee Dee Bridgewater, Lamar Williams Jr., and Terrence Blanchard. You can see all of them and many other performers at the TD James Moody Jazz Festival, running from November 8th through 20th. For tickets and more information, visit the New Jersey Performing Arts Center website at njpac.org. Thanks also to the members who support this show and to the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music and Sarah Walter for the logo. Chuck Ingersoll is the voice of the intro. Hire him at hearchucknow.com. Follow the Jazz Session on Twitter at J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H and on Instagram and TikTok at The Jazz Session. Take a second right now, if you would, to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you'd like to keep up to date on my podcasts, van travels, poetry, and more, subscribe to my newsletter. Go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. Finally, if you value what you just heard, become a member for $5 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.